Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Well, hi there. Thanks for joining us again on the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. We have a couple episodes coming up that are kind of different from what you've heard. My husband, Kyle, is going to join us. Uh, He was with me when my anxiety was at its worst, and he was also with me when it got way better with the help of Dr. Barr, who is the licensed clinical therapist you hear on this show most of the time, except for today because it's Kyle and me. So thank you for your questions on the topic. We know this is a really um, important issue that we definitely wanted to cover. And I wanted to ask you guys if you followed Life Free of Anxiety on Instagram or liked us on Facebook yet, because it's the easiest way to send me and Dr. Barr a question or comment. You can also find the links uh, to each in our show notes. Oh, and in the show notes, you'll also find a link to rate the podcast, which is super important that you do that. I saw the other day that we have listeners in 50, that's five zero countries which absolutely blows us away. So by rating and reviewing the podcast, even if you only say a single sentence, you help other people around the world find the show. Okay, so on to the show. In part one of this conversation, we're going to talk about how we met, which is uh, kind of the condensed version, of course, but you'll hear part of it. And uh, when Kyle was able to grasp the scope of my anxiety. I know I've said this before, but sometimes it's not always the easiest thing to share all these wonderful stories of my past with anxiety, but I know it's relatable and I know it's helpful and I hope that it can make you feel less alone today. Oh, and don't forget to get a copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio. Just head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax to get your free copy. Now onto the show. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Well, hey guys, welcome into the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. It's Erica here, not with Dr. Barr this week. It is my husband, Kyle. Definitely not, Dr. Barr. You don't have nearly his expertise in psychology. I don't, but what I do have is a lot of expertise in uh, living with you. That's true. I hope that's a good thing. Uh, Uh, I think it's very good. This is a little scary. So basically, Kyle is my husband, and he is going to talk with me today about what it was like to live with me when I had my worst anxiety. Hi, Kyle. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Well, I would never turn down an invite to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast. (laughs) I wouldn't think you would. (laughs) Well, so we're having Kyle on the show to kind of talk about what it's like to live with somebody with anxiety. Um, We hope that this gives you guys a good perspective of what it can be like and um, how he felt a lot of the time and um, the frustrations that comes with it and everything that comes with it, really. 
Yeah. So this is a little strange for me, kind of entering your world of podcasting and whatnot. So I'm hoping you kind of uh, show me the ropes gently. Oh, please. You know all about podcasting. <laughs> I listen to a lot of them and I love your podcast, by the way. You do? Thanks. <laughs> okay, great. Well, this yeah. is a very formal start. Maybe we should start with by telling everyone how we met. Okay, well, uh, so I am Kyle. I am the husband of one wonderful Erica, uh, a, a very unanxious Erica these days. <laughs> but uh, we met uh, uh, years ago, so all eight and a half, nine years ago. Um, at the time, I think I was uh, still a grad student. Uh, working on my MBA, I'm now uh, I work at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and uh, we met because I was trying to set your brother up with someone, and you happened to show up at the Chili's Bar and Grill where we were all hanging out. Chewies, uh, Chewies, not Chili's. Yeah. Oh gosh, you know I should probably remember these sorts of details Which of is... our origin story. I know. <laughs> Which is kind of like a biker bar, but you weren't a biker, so that's it good. wasn't. A, it's like a Mexican restaurant that a lot of people, and these are like suburban Harley Davidson riders, <laughs> you know. It's so they're like wearing Tommy Bahamas on a giant hog, but uh, that's mm. suburban life for you. <laughs> that's what you were so, wearing when I fell in love with you. No, 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 no. So I think I was enjoying some chips and salsa, and you walked in the door and. Later, I decided that uh, you being the sister of one of my good friends wasn't too much of an obstacle, and we fell madly in love. And I, by the way, uh, as a big fan of radio, and I used to listen to a lot of talk radio and podcasts, I thought it was so awesome that you were a radio host at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I would tune in and listen to you. But at first, I had just gotten the job, and I'd never been on air in a midday shift, so I like told you that I wasn't <laughs> on the air so you wouldn't listen. And then yes. you finally figured it out. And I was like, okay, yeah, fine. Was... And then I had, like, your dad listening to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope I'm doing okay. This is, like, one of those things where how many people have a job, like, where their in-laws can, like, well, I guess he wasn't my in-law, but, like, like your boyfriend's dad can hear how you're doing. And it's like, oh, this is kind of scary. So maybe that's part of uh, what caused your uh, anxiety. No, I don't think so. Increase. No, it was weird because people would be like, you're on the radio, but you have bad anxiety. Isn't that anxiety provoking? And I was like, not. No, that's not what I'm afraid of. <laughs> no, but, but uh, it, well, that was a real treat getting to listen to you. I, I don't I don't think I knew anyone else who got to listen to their girlfriend uh, on the radio. So uh, <laughs> but uh, so as. You did get to hear guess, me go on the Dennis Prager show and talk about bad dates. Yes. But you I weren't, very, I didn't talk about was, you, so that was good. I was very happy that I wasn't uh, one of the people, or one of the dates listed. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so um, so we started dating, and how long was it when until you realized I had anxiety? Gosh, so it had to have been probably, uh, it's so hard to pinpoint. You know, I think early on I realized that some things, you know, made you nervous mm -hmm. but you know but at the beginning you're just kind of like okay sure whatever i think we were driving to solvang one time oh yeah and, you and were we gonna had to pull yeah you were gonna yeah. like ask me to be your girlfriend and i totally oh yeah know. we were gonna take take the uh 
take the relationship up a level. Yeah. But uh, I remember us having to pull off the side of the road just because you uh, were getting a little uh, overwhelmed. And that seemed odd at the time. But uh, from there, I think I began to see more and more of the ways that you were affected and uh, uh, kind of come to uh, grips with the full extent of things. Um, and we've been married six years now and six wonderful years. We have not I, been married six years. <laughs> have what we? are you talking Wait, I was going to say five and a half. Oh, wait, no, it has. No. It's six. six. <laughs> okay, oh, sorry. I'm the one who doesn't know. <laughs> I wanted um, to get you in trouble, but man, I was the one wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think kind of the reason you wanted me to hop on is because for every person who suffers from anxiety, there's probably uh, someone close in their life that's in some way affected. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of my perspective I bring to this. But yes, six years, and uh, they've been mostly wonderful. Mostly. Six years, one baby, one dog who's been with us the whole time. Yeah, which, by the way, I think we this might be uh, the riskiest podcasting setup ever because... Uh, our son is sleeping in the other room. Yeah, and Kyle and I are in different rooms. But I'm watching him on the monitor right now, and all seems well. So maybe we should just get started. So like Kyle was saying, I I think this is a really big issue that's not always addressed um, out there about marriage or even, you know, whoever you're with, whoever it affects. It could be the way it affects your mom, could be the way it affects your brother, um, or your spouse or whatever. Um, or but, even your best friends that uh, you uh, have to cancel on from time to time because you get a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. So we wanted to cover this topic from a spouse's point of view. Kyle has no anxiety. He has like the calmest system, nervous system of anyone I've ever seen. And then he married me. Yes, which is <laughs> probably a good combination. But I but brought it, you kind of to the dark side now because you're like, a lot more you're a lot more emotional I mean not emotional I, I won't put that out there that you're emotional now. but I, I've helped you with emotions is that fair to say yes it's uh the, that's a side of me that you've helped develop yeah and you've helped me see the oh okay I can be calm about that side of life <laughs> exactly. how long have we been together total oh gosh what is it so I know this for a fact because we got together June 11th, 2011. This is well, not, that's when we met. Whoever's thinking this is going to be romantic, what he's about to say, it's not. And <laughs> I know that date because exactly one year after that, my favorite hockey team, the LA Kings, won the Stanley Cup. So June 11th, very good day for Do me. Do you like that he says that's how he knows the date from a sports <laughs> team? Okay, moving on into questions before I get a finish. Just kidding. When you think back to the time when my anxiety was at its worst, do you even remember that? Oh, it's I been definitely a little remember it. Okay. So it's it's interesting because when we started dating, I don't think I really understood anxiety. And may, uh, looking back, I think you kind of tried to keep it hidden and just, you know, we didn't do a lot of uh, anxiety provoking things. Dating but, yeah, you at times was anxiety provoking, though. <laughs> Probably. Besides that. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint exactly when it started to get more anxious. Uh, you know, I knew that you weren't a big fan of elevators, but uh, I think it was leading up to the wedding when things really started to get anxious for you. And I started to see the full scope of things. Yeah. I know uh, wedding planning was a very stressful time. Well, that was stressful, but it was honestly, it was the things that you wouldn't think were stressful about it. 
Yeah, uh-huh. I remember we, we going to a Kings game and uh, being in the arena with all the people or uh, talking about going to a movie and it just being uh, overwhelming is kind of how I would have described it back then as overwhelming or overstimulating. But do you remember uh, with the wedding that I was afraid of having a panic attack at the ceremony? Mm-hmm. That was my biggest fear is that I was going to go up there and I was going to walk down the aisle and I was going to start having uh, just symptoms and I was going to want to run because that was always my thing when I mm-hmm. had a panic attack is to get like, try to get away. I'm, I'd be the runaway bride, but not because of you, just because of <laughs> my anxiety. Yeah, I remember us talking to our pastor uh, saying, hey, can we make this... Fast. You know, whatever your your short version of the wedding ceremony is, let's do that. Yeah. Did you did you feel like you run, wanted to run away when you were up there? Because I could tell you were shaking. I was just terrified of the fear. I wasn't even honestly focused on the fact that I was getting married. I mean, in, that's not totally true. I, I realized like this was it. This was my wedding ceremony. But at that, I had also um, had been in a friend's wedding prior to that when we were dating and I remember feeling just so like I wanted to run so much like I wanted to run and I couldn't and um and so I brought that into our wedding like well what if I go up there and I want it and it was just a very like what if thing but it was serious it was like a serious problem and then when I got married serious it it was just like we got through it but I didn't feel it's it was still the best day of my life but the ceremony I felt was like I was trying I remember trying to cry but not because I was so happy even though I was but I was trying to cry because I was trying to like let off nervous system relief because I knew if I cried I'd feel better but then I feel like it came out really weird sounding or at least it did in my head okay this is just probably <laughs> well, all my insecurities about that date but you know it's it's funny because <laughs> i i can imagine some someone in that same situation who you know because you are excellent you've done you at that time had done so much work years of therapy and whatnot and you were good at explaining what was going on with you and uh, this is before as you much did as treatment. I knew. I mean, I didn't know a lot. I just yeah, knew I felt me, uh, certain ways, but I didn't know yeah, why. Yeah, but you gave me a peek into it, so I at least knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's even though I was never able to fully understand it or relate to it, you know, I knew enough to know that uh, when we were up there, that you were going to be very nervous and uh, not take any of that personally. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else? What do you remember about my anxiety, my panic attacks, I should say, in the middle of the night? Oh, gosh. When we were married, that was one of the strangest things for me to kind of understand. And I, I think it was it was a time where I felt very helpless. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a, kind of a, as we got closer and then we got married and a new husband, uh, there was a large part of me that wanted to, like, protect you and make things better and figure out like exactly what to say. I, I think at times I would be like, oh, just breathe. And it was probably not the most helpful advice, but. Because I would uh, wake there, up. Well, let me explain. You would wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, think you were choking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and, it's so funny. It's not funny, but it's funny now, even though that was those were like the worst moments of my life. But looking back, I'm like, oh. that sounds so far away and that sounds so foreign. But I do remember it like it was yesterday. And and remember, I would have to run <laughs> again. I'd yeah, have to you, run. I'd you like... would get up and you would like uh, like 
put on a, a bathrobe and like walk out the front of our apartment just to like move around some or and you see would if push I could on the wall. Well, I would try to get breath going. I thought that I couldn't breathe. Like these panic attacks yeah. convinced me that I just I was dying and I couldn't breathe. And they would just jolt me awake at like three in the morning. Yeah, and it was and always would... about catching my breath. It was always the fact that I felt like I just could not breathe. And every time he thought, no, this time I really can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because Dr. Barr said that, you know, in one of our podcasts, that if you really couldn't breathe, you wouldn't be able to talk. So I would never could have told you, like, this time is real if I really yeah. couldn't have breathed. But uh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that uh, you were trying to, you know, go to Dr. Google and figure out what these symptoms no, would be like. No, not at Why that point. Be... At okay. that point, I was too anxious to even go on Google. Maybe the next day. I mean, at that point, yeah. I was just no, no, I, not at freaking the moment, out. I, I think you seriously thought you had some respiratory illness. Probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, I probably thought I had a lot of things. I yeah, had... but it, I, it was it was so hard to see you in such distress yeah. and know that there was nothing I could do necessarily to help. Um, I, I couldn't just say like, you're fine, go to sleep. You know, it's, I wanted to be there with you and, and help you, but I, I felt so helpless. Was it frustrating? Were you ever like angry at me that I couldn't no, fix it? No, I was, I was never angry at you. Not, not, definitely not about that. I mean, there were times where I got frustrated because they're like simple things that we wanted to do that just we would I mean we would get there or get geared up to do something and just have to be like nope we can't do this mm -hmm. it's it's too much um uh you know we we took a lot of stairs I, I remember <laughs> one time at uh you know I think it's like the Jonathan Club at this thing down in LA and uh it was like a formal event and oh, for your we're work. at the yeah and we're downstairs and we're trying to ask the person, and this is an old building. It's like, are there any stairs to get up? And they had to like go and open up some, you know, stairway for us to get up. And it's just like little things like that for, it's like, I felt so bad for you, but I think at times it was just like, it's one floor. We can just go up. It's, it's 20 seconds in an elevator. Um, I'd always say that one floor made it worse because I, <laughs> because I wouldn't have, it didn't even make sense, but I would say that wasn't enough time to like get fully comfortable. It would take me one floor and then I'd have to worry if the door wasn't going to open. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Yeah. And so I I think that was around the point where you stopped taking elevators altogether because we were living in an apartment and it could be pouring outside. And there's our your car would be parked directly beneath our apartment. But we would walk outside in the rain in order to go in the uh, into the parking garage and get in the car. That was it was just yeah. it, at times it's like, isn't this enough motivation just to take an elevator? And and it, it probably wasn't the most sympathetic uh, at times of mine. I don't remember you ever seeming impatient, but I'm learning now that it was just really no. really put put you out i'm just kidding no it didn't put me out but it's it, i just wanted you to be able to do things that everybody else could do well it was the first time we lived or i lived in a city like a city where there were elevators a lot of places so that mm -hmm. definitely made and then it was the first time that you know i 
I got married. I moved in with somebody. Um, I lived, well, I had lived away from home before, but it was, it was a lot. I think that at times, like, I remember in the first year, I don't even know if you know this or realize this, but I used to have to go on my phone, like, up until I was all the way falling asleep, exhausted. So I I was just like, I would do that because it would busy my mind until I was at the point where I couldn't take it anymore and I'd have to go to sleep. And I don't remember finding like any other, I, I don't know. I just couldn't figure out any other way to relax myself other than that is just see what other people were doing. Just the veg out. Yeah. And I think that when we'd watch movies, I'd like, they would be too much for me sometimes. Like I would feel overwhelmed, especially by sad things or dangerous things or everything became so real to me. It became stressful to watch things. So I would get on my phone and you would be like, why do you have to be on your phone? I think that that was a year, the first year of marriage, they say, is the hardest anyway. But to go into it with so much anxiety and fear and then to need like this phone in the way so much of the time so that I could feel (laughs) present. I I don't think that we connected. I don't remember connecting that well that year. No, uh, pro- probably not. I, I think a lot of our, I think our relationship uh, really began to flourish later. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a strange role for both of us uh, to be put into because, and this probably isn't how I should have handled things, but I definitely felt like it was now my mission in life to protect you from anything that could cause you anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it, it, that take, that took a lot of effort, uh, no matter what came up, if there was ever an invitation or something like that, like I would be immediately trying to think of, uh, whether or not that would be something that would be possible even, yeah. um, because more than anything, I wanted you to be okay. And, well, you were married to somebody who was always 10 steps ahead. I think it became that since I was always 10 steps ahead, you knew that I was going to pull, like, I was going to tell you all the things that could possibly be in the way. Ahead. And so you kind of started getting ahead yourself. Like, well, what's going to bother her? What can I predict mm-hmm. is going to make her uncomfortable? And I think a lot of it, too, for me was... I was really embarrassed around your family. Like your sister and your dad went skydiving when mm-hmm. at one point and it made me feel really bad about myself, which is not something anybody could ever know, obviously. But I remember thinking like I'm not even taking an elevator right now and they're jumping out of an airplane by choice and having fun doing it. <laughs> and I'm just so they're just probably wondering what's wrong with this girl you married. Oh, I don't think they thought But that's that. how I felt. And I was always convinced of that, that like everybody knew and thought I was weird. And up until that point, I'd been so good at hiding it. Mm-hmm. But I had but, to like your family kind of had to know. And that was always just so embarrassing to me. Yeah. And that's the thing is uh, once you kind of intertwine the families, there's no way to necessarily hide it. Yeah, even though they were supportive and and tried to understand it as best they could, it was like I was always hoping somebody could just know what it was like. Oh, no, we were just getting started into the good stuff, in-laws. 
Yeah, merging families meant having to reveal my vulnerability to a whole new extended family, and that was not easy for somebody who was used to hiding their anxiety so well. But don't worry, we're going to pick up where we left off in the next episode, so be sure to uh, look out for that. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and I can't wait to continue it with you in the next episode. Bye! Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through, and that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash relax. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.